This is Connie. And this is Janice. And you're listening to But Where Are You Really From? on 89.1 FM WNYU. In our show, we'll discuss the issues facing Asian Americans as individuals who experience injustice but also perpetuate it. Welcome back to our podcast. <laughs> That's not a question. Welcome back to our podcast. Um, this week is our second part on religion and faith. This one being about interfaith solidarity and how we can do better as allies of one another in areas of faith and religion. So this week, we've invited one of my old friends from high school, Sadia, who will just be joining us to talk about her experience as a Muslim American. And yeah, it's a really deep good conversation so we're really like looking forward to having you guys listen to it it was a lot of fun to make like I admire her so much for the work that she's doing and just for like the woman that I've been able to like watch her become through like Instagram stories which is incomplete but she rocks so without further ado here's the episode hi Sadia hi my god how are you this is crazy I know. So we typically open each episode with a fun fact where we just share like something about us. Like maybe it's a story. Maybe it's just something we like our Mm -hmm. opinions on something. Yeah, that's sure. Lighter. And okay, Mm -hmm. so I know that you like babies. We like babies, too. So our fun fact is going to be who are your favorite celebrity babies? Oh, my God. I could answer this in a heartbeat. Okay. So yeah, go I mean, first. <laughs> they're not so much celebrities, but the food blogger that I like had mentioned earlier, his Instagram is called Food Baby and Why, mm. and he posts pictures of like really good looking food and his really cute babies, and they're just like a really cute family, and his kids are really cute. So they're definitely my favorite babies. <laughs> We're looking them up right now. Okay. Oh my god! I know! I know! Ah. Um, they're like new, I mean, she's not like exactly newborn, but she's like an infant. Um, Nikki, she has like the chonkiest <laughs> cheeks, and it's just so cute. Oh my god. Oh yeah, so who are your favorite babies? I am not that well versed in celebrity babies, so I don't know if, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the baby I'm gonna say counts as a celebrity. Okay, but it's, like, the kid of two YouTubers, Bart Kwan and Gio Antoinette. His name is Taika, and he's so cute. He's so cute. Hold on, I'm going to look them up. Oh, just look up Taika Kwan. Yeah. This baby? These babies are so cute. I'm crying. Wow. Okay, yes. Oh, my God, they're so chonko. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I, I really support this. Okay, Connie, uh, Luna and Miles mm-hmm. are perfect. Like the kids of Chrissy Teigen and John Legend. Oh. Oh, so, oh, they are really cute. They're so sweet. And it's just such a cute, perfect family. I don't yeah. Know. So those and Olympia, the daughter of Serena Williams and Alexis. Oh, Hanian. She's so cute. 
Okay, yeah. <gasps> she is so cute. I know. Oh my god. Wow. Babies are the best. I know. Babies really did that. <laughs> cool. That's our fun fact. Yay. Now we can talk about you. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> if you could just introduce yourself, like, who are you? What are you up to? And also what your faith background is. Sure. So my name is Sadia Ahmed, and I... I'm a policy advocate at Asian Americans Advancing Justice Atlanta. So um, a lot of what my role was, like my first four months of my job, was doing stuff around Georgia's legislative session, um, specifically targeting anti-immigrant bills. But now um, we're shifting gears a little bit now that Georgia's legislative session is over. So I do, we have like a campaign to get the ICE presence out of Gwinnett County, which is um, a county in where our office is located. So that's kind of what my focus is on for work. I am a hijabi Muslim American. So it's been interesting to see how that kind of incorporates into a lot of the work that I do. I was definitely raised in a religious household. Um, My late grandfather, he um, actually has a doctorate in philosophy. So, and he's written a few books. So those are mostly like how to understand and like read the Quran. So we've definitely grown up a lot with that religious influence. And I think that has helped shape me and it's definitely given me a moral and ethical guideline for a lot of what I've gone through. And I definitely think religion has had a huge impact on me on like who and why I am. So it's, it's been really good and it's always nice that, I've been lucky enough to grow up with a religious background just because it's always something that I can lean on. And I know it's something that's consistently there for me. Yeah, thanks for sharing. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit more about the kind of influence that, you know, having faith had for you. Yeah, so growing up, I have always had a positive image of Islam, despite a lot of media stuff that's been circulating around me. And I think having a positive image of Islam has really helped me because I've learned things more intimately than what a non-Muslim or general lay person would know. So I know that the religion is very keen on, you know, supporting people and helping other people other than yourself. So I do think that religion has definitely influenced me in my career path because I know that as a Muslim, it's my duty and it's my job to be there and advocate for other communities that are marginalized or other communities that otherwise don't have a voice and are very underrepresented. And I think that being a Muslim, it's almost my obligation to help take care of other people and look out for other people and make sure that people's needs are being addressed and that it's just not my needs that I'm looking after. So I think that has really pushed me to go kind of in the nonprofit field. And I think policy was kind of where I thought I fit in with that. So I think that has really helped me. Like I always try to be an ally for other communities that are otherwise not treated well, because I think as a Muslim, that's just my obligation to other people. I just try to be a resource to anyone and everyone where I can be. And I think that's the type of image that Muslims should have in America. And I think that's like how Muslims really are in America. And I also just think 
there's not enough Muslims in this field. And I think the Muslim community is just growing a lot in America in general. And Ilhan Omar and Rashida, Rashida Tlaib, they're the only, you know, Muslim women that are in Congress representing us. But we're we're not just in Minnesota. We're not just in Michigan. We're everywhere. So I think we definitely need to have more of a voice and more of an influence on what is being done because on what legislation or what policies are being done because, you know, we matter and we're here and we deserve as much as any other person or American to have a voice at the table as well. Yeah, definitely. We're, like, sitting here listening to you and we're, like, nodding very emphatically. Oh, my God, stop. Yeah, and I just think that's a testament to, like, where a lot of, I mean, like, these issues, we really care about them also just as, like, Asian Americans. Even also, like, as Christians, like, it's just really interesting seeing, like, all of these, like, value systems, like, kind of intersect and, like, overlap. But it's, like, also just a little bit painful to think about because I think that the relationship between, like, especially, like, white Christian people and, um, (laughs) and, like, the Muslim community is, like, pretty fraught and is like very tense and it's um we talked about this on our last episode where we just um kind of like contend with being associated with like oppressor religion and like that kind of culture when that's not what it's supposed to be like that's not like the Mm -hmm. value that christianity is supposed to like uphold and yet like there's this like like very tense like relationship that we see like in our country so Mm -hmm. we wanted to ask you about like what your what your impression is of, like, the relationship between even, like, non-Muslim people to Muslim people or, like, Christianity to Islam? Personally, I don't really associate someone's behavior with, like, oh, they're behaving like this because they're, like, a white male Christian and they just don't get it. I think I think that's kind of hard for me to say. I don't really think I would do that just because I know, like, each faith it doesn't preach hate. Like each faith is beautiful in and of its own way. They have a beautiful image of God, you know, like no religion is going to teach negative things. Each religion has beautiful things that they have. And I think that's something that we should spend more time bonding over. Like I think a couple of weeks ago, my mom invited, we had like an interfaith brunch at my house and it was just so nice being able to like talk to people and like women from other faiths about like, You know, like, I talk to them about stuff that they've gone through, like, it didn't have to be faith-related. Like, I talk to them about, um, like, one lady was talking to me about the civil rights movement and how she was, she, like, punched a guy in high school because, she was, like, a white lady. She punched a guy in high school because he said something racist. And, like, I think when she was telling me about that, I kind of looked into myself and I was like, I need to stop, like, I kind of judge white people right from the beginning and I'd have a hard time gauging um, how they are but like once you said that that kind of like reminded me that I need to also not do that because there are other allies that are much older as well that like I can be looking to for advice and you know that have always been part of this fight and trying to keep solidarity amongst communities you know I just think it's something that we need to do more often is just engaging in small conversations like that and it doesn't even have to be like oh I invite someone over and like cook a giant meal no like even if at the grocery store like it's not a big deal just being friendly to one another just so people are just like oh like she's just a normal person she's not like some 
Paris walking in a public kind of situation. I think that's a really good point you make about, like, this not discrimination as much as just, like, judging people. It goes mm-hmm. both ways. The person who oppresses someone and the person who is oppressed probably pass judgment in both directions. And I think it's, like, important to kind of scrutinize that in yourself even when you're in you're like of the minority in some cases Mm -hmm. and I think that was just like a nice point that you brought up because I don't know I feel like oftentimes there's such a anti mindset that I feel like can be unproductive sometimes when it comes Mm -hmm. to definitely even working in a legislative session this year there was like one representative that me and my boss had a meeting with and he, he was like a white male, um, probably in his like 30s or 40s. And, you know, we were just talking to him and a lot of the conversation, he was like, oh, well, what do you guys think like would help your community or what do you know from other organizations that would help them? And like just small things like that, I guess they really appreciated because he wasn't trying to advocate what he thought would be right for us. He was trying to get feedback from, you know, impacted communities and And I I mean, I guess that's his job as a representative, but I think like kind of actually seeing that in, you know, someone who's not otherwise like a minority community that might be going, you know, that might face some form of oppression. Like, I think I really appreciated that. And I think this session has like really actually made me open my eyes and try to counter that behavior in myself. I mean, and obviously, like, that behavior can sometimes still be there, and, like, I banter with it, but, (laughs) like, I definitely am trying to get over that and kind of gear myself away from that a little bit. I think that in mm, a lot of the episodes, I mean, like, most, we only have, like, five, but, like, in most of them, the takeaway is kind of, like, also... I mean, like, we're investigating, like, uh, an injustice, like, a little deeper, but also, like, pushing back on the, like, gut reactions that we have, um, mm-hmm. like, reacting to things that are, like, like inflicted upon us, but also the ways that we, like, kind of, like, reflect that back. Um, mm-hmm. And in the specific case of faith and religion, I think that the mindset that I have where I'm like, oh, no, like, I am an oppressor because I like practice Christianity in America which is like white man religion um like Mm -hmm. right now and I think that a lot of the like extra feelings where I'm like I must be like a better um like ally I need to like make sure that people don't associate me with that behavior is like Mm -hmm. motivated by a lot of guilt I think that brings us more into like the realm of what interfaith solidarity might look like I think most religions also have like some sort of pillar about like not just doing good but also like forgiveness and Mm -hmm. like uh, some sort of thing that makes space for reconciliation and like healing yeah so the first thing that we say when we're like reading a chapter out of the Quran so all of the Quran is in Arabic so you know, one thing that we say is um, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, which is in the name of God, the most gracious, the most merciful, the most merciful. So, like, mercy in God's grace is so, like, incredibly emphasized in Islam. And it's like, there's just so many, like, so many mentions in the Quran itself about how 
big God's mercy is. And I think that, and it does carry through, like, it's not just saying like, oh, we should ask God for forgiveness, but you know, even amongst each other, it's emphasized so much. And it's like, if you don't ask other people for forgiveness, how are you going to go and ask God for forgiveness? You know, like mercy and, you know, being kind to one another and just a lot of those really positive themes. And I think that's also why I've had such a positive image of God and like faith and religion growing up is because all of that has been so emphasized to me. Mm. And I, it's just, it is literally just an essential thing for a Muslim to be forgiving or just be kind to one another in order to get that same treatment from God too. That's like so wild. When you were talking about that, it um, brought to mind like this part in, I think it's like the book of Matthew where um, Mm -hmm. Jesus is like, if you have like a conflict with someone else, don't even go to like temple to worship before you like make things right. Like with that person. I think it's in, I feel like it, this is a Christian thing, but like, love thy neighbor as you would love thyself. Like, that's so emphasized in Islam, too. And it's, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people always focus on a lot of the differences between religions rather than focusing on what's similar. Mm-hmm. And I think in the Abrahamic faiths, especially like Christianity, Judaism, and Islam, we're so common in so many ways that we don't get it. Like, in Islam, we believe in joseph like he's he was a prophet for us moses there's just so many commonalities and like it's insane that we focus so much on like the small amount of differences rather than focusing on the like infinite amount of commonalities you know yeah Yeah, like that's it's interesting Mm -hmm. that you say that too because i feel like a lot of us kind of fall victim to that of just comparing religions instead of thinking about all the similarities we share and I think it's also partially motivated by cultural differences as well because oftentimes Mm -hmm. religions tend to be tied to cultures and so I don't know it's just crazy to see how people kind of draw the lines yeah kind of going off of that culture is very man-made in a sense and religion is not. Religion is from God. And I think when we try to influence and intertwine a lot of our, like, man-made cultural customs into religion, that's where a lot of, like, negative aspects of religion can come in because we let our culture influence it too much. Has there been a time where, like, maybe specific or just in general that you've not felt that kind of interfaith support kind of reflecting on more recent things it would definitely have to be you know the Christchurch shooting and there were just too many casualties and I don't really think I feel like the most people that I was hearing about it from was more so Muslim people and a lot of the posts that I was seeing was more so Muslim people and I think that kind of made me sad and a little bit I don't want to say uncomfortable but I want to say frustrated a little bit because I was just confused on why there was no interface solidarity and because it was just such a big thing that happened and it's not like it was you know like an underdeveloped country like it was a pretty well-developed country it was New Zealand it was you know it was considered 
like a country that's similar to America. And I was just like, this could have been here as much as it was there. And just seeing the lack of support from a lot of interfaith communities, it was just like, it really upset me. And I was honestly really bummed out a little bit, you know, like even in certain environments where I'd expected, I'm not expected, but you know, people to just come and talk to me and be like, Hey, you know, I hope everything's okay. Like I heard about this shooting. It just didn't happen. And I don't know if that's just because it just wasn't talked about a lot or if it was just because people didn't know, but, and it was just all the way on the other side of the world that people didn't really deem it relevant. But I honestly was just really upset by the shooting in general, but like the lack of support, I think, the morning that I woke up and I found out about the shooting, I was like listening to NPR, kind of like hoping for some sense of clarity or kind of hoping to hear about it. All they mentioned was, oh, we're just tracking the pro- we're just tracking the shooting. All the information is on our website. And I was like, well, I'm listening to this in my car, so I kind of want to hear it from my car. But also, like, this is huge. Why aren't you talking about it? So I think I was... I I got really, really frustrated by that. I mean, based on that experience, it kind of sounds like you have at least a semblance of an expectation that of ways people can express that solidarity. solidarity, Mm -hmm. Because I feel like a lot of times, you know, these things, these like awful tragedies happen, but there's almost like, you know, like people don't know what to do about that. They don't know how to express their support even and they don't want to you know put other people on the spot I'm not like excusing this but I'm just saying (laughs) Mm -hmm. no that and that's totally true like because I think of myself and like thinking of other situations and other places that I could have been more of an interface support from like Muslim as on behalf of like Muslim people or whatever on behalf of myself whatever it may be yeah like I, I totally agree with that because I mean, there's tons of ways in which that can manifest. Like, you could, I don't know, talk about it on social media, or you could hit up, like, your friends who are of that community and just, you know, open up a space for them to express what they're feeling, or you could go to a vigil that's hosted somewhere. And I don't know, I just, uh, like, I always get caught in that because I'm just like, I don't know what's enough. I'm totally right there with you. Like, you don't want to come off as if you're overcompensating and trying to apologize for a certain person's behavior, but you also want to make sure that people know that you're there for them and, like, you recognize that the pain that they're going through. And I think, like, as I'm saying this, I think the real important thing is to acknowledge each other's pain and suffering and kind of be there for them through that. I think being able to empathize with another person is really important through interfaith solidarity. And I think with other people in general, because if we're just like, Oh, I'm so sorry. But we end at that, like sometimes I just feel like that's not enough and it could be like selfish of me or it could just also be me. But, you know, sometimes I think it's important, especially with like other marginalized religions, like a lot of the Jewish community, you know, like, Sometimes we have, like, I think there was the shooting in San Diego the other day, and 
this is also kind of my fault. I've been like so busy with work, but I haven't been able to like look into it or like even say anything about it. But I think like reaching out to Jewish community, like, listen, I'm so like sincerely, deeply sorry. Like, I know this is hurting you and I'm like, this shouldn't happen. And kind of being there with them and kind of understanding and walking them through like, we get it kind of thing. I think that in itself is powerful. Like there's, there's value as weird as it sounds like bonding with other people over things that cause pain and suffering. Like it creates really strong bonds. And I think that's why a lot of marginalized communities ally with each other so much is because we understand deeply what, you know, what each other is going through. And I think like we, not like glamorize the bond, but kind of like use that in a sense to build stronger relationships with each other and like stronger and sincere relationships with each other. Sorry, I got really deep with that. (laughs) No, that's good. That's like what we wanted. Yeah. Like this is, I feel like this conversation, I don't know. I feel like both Janice and I are like very, like we're very like gassed up about being able to do this episode because I don't, routinely put myself in a situation in which I can like have a dialogue with another or with like a Muslim person or like people of other faiths or like no faith Mm -hmm. yeah and like without I mean yes like the bonds that we have over injustice that we face or like tragedies that happen like they run very deep but it's really in like the the practice of like every day in which like that solidarity can really be cemented because otherwise all we have is like protocol for like when really bad stuff happens and so yeah and like yeah go ahead go ahead oh but I'm just saying like it was like really important to us to have this conversation and I don't know hopefully that will like get the ball rolling a little bit more for like us to continue to have these types of conversations and I just feel like the takeaway from this episode is supposed to be like everyone now go out of your way and like find people and like kind of like expose yourself to like yeah yeah and I don't, either, like, speaking for myself, like, I don't think anything I have ever done that's led to anything meaningful has been in my comfort zone. I think, like, whenever we push ourselves outside of that, like, that's when so many great things happen. And that's when we really see, like, our, and not to sound cheesy, but, like, our potential and, like, what we can actually do as community members or, you know, whatever it may be. Okay. This podcast is supposed to be 15 minutes long, but it's fine. Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. No, like, (laughs) no, it was, like, such a good, thorough conversation, I think. And, um, well, it'll it'll be fine. (laughs) Thank you so much for having this conversation with us, Sadia. Of course. Thank you guys so much for thinking of me. I really appreciate it. Okay, thank you so much. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye. Have a good one. So that was our conversation with Sadia. Thank you so much again for lending your voice to our podcast, for telling us parts of your story, and for helping us piece together this picture of what interfaith solidarity might look like. I want to touch back on something that we talked about earlier, about how just conversations are so important. Oftentimes, that's what it's going to take to really build these bridges and make sure that our allyship with other communities is rock solid. So thanks for listening as always. See you next week. Bye. 
this was But Where Are You Really From on 89.1 FM WNYU.